Los Angeles listeners, we've got two unbelievable live shows coming up. First, Dead Pilot Society, September 25th at Largo at the Coronet. Uh, you guys know what Dead Pilot Society is. It's where we do stage readings of pilots that were bought and developed but never shot, so they're finally getting their chance in the sun. We have pilots this month by Steve Agee and Rob Schraub. Steve, of course, hilarious comedian, actor, uh, and Rob Schraub is the co-creator of the Sarah Silverman program on which Steve appeared. Uh, it's a great, unbelievable, funny script by Steve uh, based on his own experiences of going to military school as a teenager. And then we've got another really funny script from Samantha McIntyre, a writer from Married, uh, and her first feature is going to be Brie Larson's directorial debut. Uh, and Samantha wrote this terrific script about... Um, Life at a uh, roller rink, the people who work there. Both are worth checking out. That's on September 25th at Largo. Also at Largo, November 6th, mark your calendar, the 300th episode of the Writers' Panel. We're doing a live one. We're bringing back lots of our favorite guests. Should be a lot of fun. Find tickets for both of those at writerspanel.tumblr.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Ben Blacker. I'll be posting uh, about the cast for Dead Pilots, and as well as the, the ticketing link. Hope to see you guys there. Thanks, as always, for listening. Now entering Nerdist.com. Welcome to the Writers' Panel. I'm Ben Blacker, the creator and moderator of the podcast. I created the show because I wanted to talk to writers about the business and process of writing. I've had more than 400 writers on the show, so go back and check the archives. I'm sure you'll find more creators and more shows that you're interested in. I'm a writer myself, having written with my partner, Ben Acker, for Supernatural, Puss in Boots, FX's Cassius and Clay, among others. We've also written comics from Marvel, Image, Dynamite, and more. We created a show called The Thrilling Adventure Hour. Maybe you'd like it. Go to thrillingadventurehour.com for more info. Let me know who you want to hear on this podcast by following me on Twitter, at Ben Blacker. Like the color, only more so. Uh, and follow me on Tumblr at writerspanel.tumblr.com. And if you enjoy the show, please leave a review on iTunes. It always makes me feel good about myself. They write, they talk, and talk about what they write. Tune in tonight, or whenever the time is right. It's the Writer's Panel with Ben Blacker, and it's starting now. Oh, yeah! Hi, I'm Katya Blickfeld. I'm Ben Sinclair. Thank you for being here. Thanks yeah, for having me. You guys are the creators and more of high maintenance. It's true. Um, people love this thing. Did you know that when you started? <laughs> we didn't know it when we started that people would like it. It was really just a personal art project that was supposed to foster some sort of creative community just directly around us. Was that the goal? That's very interesting. It was. How, what, what, what prompted this? What were you guys doing at the time, and what was your creative outlet at the I time? I was casting for a living. I was casting 30 Rock, and Ben was trying to get acting jobs. Yeah, I was trying to get a reel and figuring out that uh, the footage that I wasn't, it was getting from other directors was, like, pretty weird. And <laughs> Wait, it, was pretty, so it was pretty, pretty lame limited. and pretty, pretty like, limited, limited and, uh-huh. like, you know, having to get cast through auditions. So I just figured out how to do videos on YouTube, essentially, and mm-hmm. started entering contests. How to edit video. Yeah. yeah. 
just commercial contests, and that okay. just turned into low budget filmmaking. And then when we met each other, that's kind of when we converged. Mm-hmm. And then you were casting, and you wanted to do. I like actors, and yeah, I just kept meeting actors that I thought were awesome, but then I would only have like an under five role to put them right. in, and so I would just sort of file them away for future. And then when we started talking about wanting to make something together, I was like, well. I have a bunch, you know, that was my sort of toolbox that I was bringing was all the actors plus mm. Russell Gregory. Russell our, Gregory, our, our third executive producer. He's a talent manager. He had a nice, compact, but versatile, uh, versatile <laughs> roster of people we really liked. Sure. And we wanted to work with him, too, because he's our good friend and worked with us. And we were like, well, that's where we can start is, you know, we've, we actually have access to a lot of professional grade talent Mm -hmm. Ben knows how to edit we know some people who know how to work a camera let's make a thing Mm -hmm. that's very liberating I mean you often hear on this podcast too is you know the one of the biggest pieces of advice is go and make something yeah Yeah. Uh, but I think few people do it so so how did you guys actually do it? Like, you had all the tools. That goes a long way. Well, I think it was just not trying not to make it such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's great advice. Yeah. Yeah, it don't was, put pressure on yourself. Like, uh, I think a lot of people get caught up in making sure the script is done. Uh, and, you know, that is a... Uh, that is a... Um, uh, what do you call it? Um... That is a way to really stop yourself from filming mm-hmm. if you try to make sure the script is done. Uh, and we, I mean, you should have a complete script. But <laughs> you should have a full but story, but, except but it's done, like done, like it's relative. We I think. treat yeah. the, script, the script is perfect. Is right, right. exactly. We we treat the script like a, like instructions of how to shoot this story, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, it's like you know, it's it's the final draft of our script is when we turn in the edit. Of our show, it's and it's incorporated into the editing process as well. And I feel like the words we write are designed to get the actors to land in the area that we are looking for this gold. Mm-hmm. And then once we something happens spontaneously, we might uh, write, adjust the, right adjust on the spot. Right yeah. on the spot. So it's it's really the script is not the the final product mm-hmm. for us. I think that's an important piece of information that I, that probably doesn't get talked about enough in a lot of these. Uh, writing instructive uh, things, mm-hmm. and that's that. It's a living document, right? Yeah, it's ever evolving. It Ideally. Um, so we'll we'll talk about some of the early stuff. But was this a learning curve for you? you guys? Had both sort of been in the world, or at least very closely adjacent. Yeah, to that? I mean, I had access to like the top. I feel I feel like top quality scripts, mm-hmm. and and seeing them at at all phases of. Um, the process, like when I was about, you know, 30 Rock was like, I consider that to be just like really fortunate that I was there to be able to see like what their outline looked like and then what their, you know, first draft mm-hmm. of a script and then sometimes several subsequent shooting drafts. And then be, even between shooting and what aired, I would get to see like all the various cuts sort of throughout the mm. process. So I think that was super informative. Ben watched them with me too at home and I mean, I felt like that was a big part of our education, even though I don't think we were looking at it that way right. while it was happening. We just were nerds for the show, so we were like sure. excited to like see every facet of the process. But I think we absorbed some stuff doing well, that. I think it also 
it also took away some of the uh, sheen to some of these faces that you know as like these really talented actors when you see them like auditioning it's a totally different oh that too I'd show you auditions sometimes yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then it, it just like it makes it not as big of a deal it demystifies it a little bit absolutely and I, sometimes I think that we be, I mean, I'm not going to say that we're not writers because we are, we definitely are. Um, but I don't know that that's what we both set out to do. Mm. I think we almost became writers to service our filmmaking desires and our storytelling desires. Mm. I don't, you know, I think it's very we, intertwined. It was sort of, that's sort of like, yes, it's fun to write, but it's even more fun to put, put everything together and get on set and mess with things in the later Because they're part. so interconnected anyway. And I think the reason to go back to this thing earlier, why writers look for their perfect script is because that's where their part ends in their traditional sure, collaboration. In the traditional setup, yeah. So it's like I'm going to do my part the best <laughs> I can do it, and, and don't I, don't change it because I worked so hard on it. But we are very flexible about changing our written word, even though we're really attached to the sentiments behind the word, the way they come out of the actors' mouths, the the all of those other syntax things that one nervous writer might have been spending days and days just laboring over the the pronunciation or the or the construction of a sentence we are pretty liberal with sure well and and the format also lends mm-hmm. itself mm-hmm. hugely to that where mm-hmm. an Aaron Sorkin show doesn't right. <laughs> yes, exactly. yeah, we set ourselves up that way <laughs> yeah which is really yeah. smart i mean you knew it sounds like you knew the part that interested you, which was actually making the thing. Yes, and yes. being with the, the people. The community surrounding mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so let, let's go back to that. So you've told us where you guys were. What was this community? I mean, you knew actors, you knew people who knew, could work the cameras. Mm-hmm. How do you start to put that together and say, we're Email. actually doing this yeah, thing? Yeah, emails, really. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's a just, lot of emails. It's just like over-promising, and the <laughs> night before is like, oh, they're coming. So. Wait, what was the over-promising? <laughs> yeah, what yeah, was like, like, well, you know, we'll have an apartment, and here's the written <laughs> document, and just bring some of your clothes, and I'll bring some clothes, and we'll have some props. But it's just like... I, I don't know. It's like you're saying, like, I dare you to show up. <laughs> well, and then they do. Luckily, I, yeah, it was really cool that people trusted us there in the beginning. But again, I think that's why we, we did. We tried to set ourselves up for success incrementally. And that's why we like we set the bar in a place that we could like reach it and like <laughs> hopefully go beyond. And every time we sort of, you know, not mastered something, but sort of, mm-hmm. you know, figured out like, oh, we're capable of this. Okay, now what? What's the next level mm-hmm. we can go to? And we just took baby steps. And we could because no one was watching. Mm-hmm. There was no studio hanging over us being like, well, what do you got? Or, you know, there were no deadlines to meet. It was all self-imposed. And mm-hmm. Well, that I'm curious about, too, because, again, that comes up a lot. And I know that's hard for a lot of beginning writers or, you know, even established writers is the self-imposed deadline mm-hmm. and giving yourself these specific goals mm. so you can actually get the thing done. How did you guys start to do that? I think it was once people started responding to the episodes, don't you? Yeah. Well, you know, we shot the first one in August 2011. Okay. And then we didn't, and we didn't really even have a finished edit of that one until maybe... Almost a year later. Yeah, oh, wow. July 2012, after we had shot pieces and bits of other episodes, and we were still trying to figure out what, what the damn thing was hmm. and like what the structure was. Uh, I think not until we got together to shoot as a group the fourth time for an episode called Heidi did we understand that the show would look like this, and then we could go back and fill in the other episodes that we had 
with the same sort of spirit started, that we yeah. had discovered yeah. in the Heidi That's episode. Mm-hmm. So we came out around November. 2012. Uh, right after uh, the the second Obama election. And then <laughs> yeah, and oh, Colorado and Washington, just total coincidence. Didn't we didn't it. know sure. about this, but they you know legalized marijuana for recreational purposes right that same time. <laughs> so there was already, I think, a built-in interest from press maybe at that topic. Mm-hmm. And then... I mean, sure. I think that's the stuff you can't control. I mean, that's yeah. no. good timing. It's fortuitous no. timing, but, but I, people would have responded regardless. I think, Maybe. I think so, but I think it did. I think it helped. It didn't hurt. And I think also between the three of us, like so many of our friends are industry people, maybe not at the you know top of the heap, but like in the industry working in some capacity, be it on the representation talent rep side or production or whatever. Reviewers. Re- yeah, even mm-hmm. some, you know, people who work for like New York Meg and things like that. And I think we all just sent, you know, the three of us EPs, we all just sent like an e- one email out, like a mass email to our to our contacts every time we release something and just said, hey, watch it if you want or don't. Like, we'll, we always say, we'll never know. <laughs> and I think because of some of the people that were on our lists, like that, they, so. it just had a little more reach. Well, but, that's, that's how it starts, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and then once it starts, it's people are waiting for the next one if yeah. they're waiting at all. So I think that was our deadline, was being mm-hmm. like, it's been a long time since we released. <laughs> yeah. We should probably get to work. But we're really uncomfortable <laughs> about self-promotion, I think. We, it, I mean, it's not something... I mean, who? There's not many people who enjoy it's it, hard. let's be honest. But some people are better at it. <laughs> and we were definitely on the more low-key side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, big well, time. <laughs> It fits with the subject matter. Yeah, yeah um, it felt that way. Speaking of, why why the topic? Like, where where did the I hate to say where did the ideas come from, but how did you land on on these? Uh, I think because uh, in in my own editing uh, video experience, it was just kind of like mashups, like commercials. <laughs> Nothing like that was a narrative with the beginning, middle, and end. But they were like short comedy based like videos yeah music videos basically they were snappy snappy and funny mm-hmm. but there was never storytelling and and we and had all these actors who were so fine that you had like because a casting director compiles choices and then the the director chooses and the producers choose and there was this awesome liberation of being able to like choose <laughs> the actor it. it was such a like a i think and a lot of casting them. directors have that dream i think I, I th- and then they do. I think I've seen a lot of casting yeah. directors go into producing, and I think it's just because at a certain point you're like, wait, I know some stuff about who should get some of these roles, and mm-hmm. you kind of want to have a more of an mm-hmm. official say-so, maybe. So, and we smoke a lot of weed too, we and, and so that <laughs> was true. like the fu- that was like a thing that in our life that was taking only five minutes to happen. That was an interesting <laughs> weed interaction. deals. That is like the delivery. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. and it's a very New York specific moment. Mm-hmm. And then we just once we kind of started talking about that, then we were like, oh, and then you can like see different insides of apartments, but we can just go shoot in apartments. We don't have to make a big deal about it. And they're already they already exist. They're friends' apartments. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Yeah. And then really the the way the anthology style was really born out of necessity mm-hmm. because we didn't have any money, we couldn't pay people, uh, you know, not at the beginning. And so it really did have to be 
we were relying on favors, so we wanted to make the favors as small as possible. Yeah. So to ask an actor to give you a day to shoot something for free, that's a lot different than asking someone to like come spend three weeks unpaid on an indie film or something. Yeah. And then apartments, too. You know, If we ask someone to use their apartment, again, a lot more palatable to be like, hey, can we use your apartment for eight no to sense. ten hours? Yeah, and not take over your place for a mm-hmm. week. And so it worked out well for us for a while, and then I think, you know, Our footprint got got bigger, (laughs) our ambitions got bigger, and expectations all around from ourselves Mm -hmm. and others sort of were creeping up, so we just kept growing it little by little. Um, well, I want to talk about that that growing in a minute, but um, it's the that moment of kind of figuring out what this show is, and it sounds like it came well into shooting the show, um, is an interesting one, because there's so many different ways this could have gone, even if you are looking at a slice of your own lives or a situation that you're familiar with, you know, there, this could have been a sketch format, mm-hmm. right? This could have been a much broader kind of thing, but I think what people respond to is is the low-keyness of it, is how funny it is while still being very real. How, what, what was interesting to you guys as inspiration, and how did it start to translate into this tone? We have some things that we always say, some like primary sources, like six feet <laughs> under the first five minutes or first two minutes of every six feet under <laughs> episode was an inspiration. Yeah. A party down there kind of changing up the scenery every mm-hmm. week was an inspiration. Uh, but really, I think it was just like, what are we not seeing on TV that we would like to see? Well, certainly people acting like people uh, more often and saying things that people would say. Uh that was something we wanted to see and just kind of driving kind of that needle of what is the negative what is the negative space in tv that we can fulfill in our own project and then we kind of, it was katya's brilliant idea to even embrace the 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 expectation that you think it would be about the guy but it's just about every character Mm -hmm. that the guy interacts with and you know little about the guy and it was kind of this idea of flipping the way things are done on their head and Mm -hmm. seeing how it looks and i think we also had watched a lot of web videos you know certainly i received a lot of them from actors saying hey check out my thing because it was an example of their work and you have a lot of friends in the comedy world too so you would get them a lot and i think we were like yeah but what else can you do with five minutes? You know, like mm-hmm. why can't? Why does it have to be low quality production? Disposable. Like, and why? Yeah. Why does yep. it have to feel so disposable? Why can't it feel a little more substantial? And why can't it look like a film? And why can't the? You know, why does it have to only be these like UCB actors? Like why can't it also be TV actors or unknowns or you know non actors even if it makes sense and. You know, there's such limitations to when you do everything by the book and you get into the world of like actual TV and film production and the union side because, you know, you have to, there's just so many boxes you have to check and so many things that have to be above board and this and that. But like when we did it, it was like, we really liked that we could like go into real apartments and see like real things. And that was really a desire of ours. I, I think another inspiration that we've come to sort of realize was an inspiration was that dogma 95 film movement um they were these for those who don't know these this group of danish filmmakers who all got together and made this sort of manifesto of how they wanted to make films and and then they made like a group of films based on these tenants and the the main gist of it is just wanting to make um 
films that were free from being a genre mm-hmm. and films that felt like authentic life using like diegetic music and more natural light and um, just being naturalistic sure. and mm-hmm. using, using things that were in the environment you were shooting in was another part of it. Mm-hmm. And I think we really, that excited us as an idea and we're like, why can't we do that with like a web series? Why not? Also, when we were doing this, Louis came out. Oh, yeah, and that made us feel a lot better about everything. (laughs) It did, because it was just like, oh, see, he he gets it. It was a little shaggy. shaggy. And we like that aesthetic, too, is like... Imperfect. I hate getting haircuts. (laughs) And it's really true. Yeah, we don't like things that are too slick and shiny and, and so edited that nobody ever stammers. And, you know, I can really, like... I can really appreciate shows like 30 Rock and, and the Aaron Sorkin shows and all of that where the, the dialogue is so tight and mm-hmm. those people actually don't really go off book much. It's sort of all about nailing the dialogue as is, which I really appreciate and respect. I just don't know that that's our style. And I think we really like made it a point to to embrace the... like naturalism like let, sure. telling actors every time they got to set like hey it's cool if you stumble it's okay and if you don't remember the line like say another line just let's mm-hmm. get the meaning across mm-hmm. uh, it, it's interesting that you mentioned the the dogma stuff because that is real hard to watch yeah, yeah. high be. maintenance is not hard to watch <laughs> well it's snackable it's small and sure. you know it's, it's usually it's more uplifting from, maybe <laughs> than some of the fair yeah. you're talking about and like the you know some a lot of the like sometimes you'll have a whole scene edited to music and high maintenance and then the music's taken out at the end. So really? there's a beat sometimes to it. There's more it's way faster editing, I would say, yeah. than more dogma films. Yeah. It is designed for a small screen too. There's a lot of close ups that more than you would usually see in comedy and it's because there's like a <laughs> There's a recognition that this will be in a small screen, and we have to capture what is funny about these people. So you get these cinematic close-ups that are more attuned to like an indie sensibility than they are like an above-average or con- uh, you know comedy sensibility. Yeah. Uh, and we just had really we got had more fun with making things look cinematic every hmm. time we did something, which is you know I think really fast cuts of really pretty things are in in a short amount of time <laughs> seem to work for people mm-hmm. absolutely yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's interesting i mean it sounds like at every step of this it, it's not just that you guys were unafraid to be ambitious it felt like the it feels like the feeling was why not be mm-hmm. yeah it was for us yeah. it wasn't to sell yeah mm-hmm. i think that's an important distinction yeah, yeah. It, it especially those early ones have this let's put on a show feeling yeah. yeah and i think people really respond to that it's cool that it comes through i'm always so happy to hear that I, it's like it's, yeah it's great, great. i'm so glad that message was received yeah you know uh, i i imagine it would you know if that is part of the goal is getting that across making the jump to television to proper television yeah can be an intimidating thing. Yeah, the it pressure was. is the pre- this, the fear is to not look like we're trying so hard. Yeah. Uh, and so how do you how do you fight that? I don't know. We, we should tried say really the show, so the show's coming to HBO. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's premiering. What did we think? September sixteenth. September sixteenth. It's on Fridays at eleven. All right. Well, well so, we had this delicious little intermediary period where we were uh, funded by Vimeo itself, mm-hmm. as we released on Vimeo ourselves for the first thirteen episodes. The next six episodes, they give us a modest micro budget to make six more episodes, mm-hmm. and then that was a very valuable experience of us 
A, working with a larger organization that was going to help fund us, which we learned how to be political and scale up our show. And B was to figure out what to do with money that we had never had the pleasure <laughs> sure. of acting, actually doing anything with. And we learned a lot in the Vimeo episodes. And I think when we look at our whole library of episodes, we will, those will be very recognizable in their tone and feeling because we were really, that was when we were starting to figure out the balance between taking it too seriously and still having <laughs> fun. Um, and I and think, that's such a tough thing. I mean, that, that middle stage... Yes, it was very so adolescent hard. feeling yeah. and, and it's awkwardness sometimes yeah. <laughs> because we were we had money but it really wasn't an, the kind of money that a Hollywood producer would know what to do with mm-hmm. if they were to make a 6-week shoot or whatever. Yeah. Can uh, I ask let's I want to unpack some of of the stuff you just talked about. So after those uh did Vimeo come to you after those initial mm-hmm. episodes? Of, yeah, I mean we talked to them while we were making them and there was like a few times that we were just like god it would be cool it'd be cool to just keep making stuff with vimeo mm-hmm. and actually we had a another we had a script deal at one point with fx and when it ended they had this property high maintenance to make into a half hour that yeah. we were developing yeah that was like three years ago well when that ended vimeo they had by this point come to know who we were because we had gotten a few like staff picks for some of our mm-hmm. episodes which was cool and so when that deal ended they heard we were uh, you know available and they brought us in to talk and you know they had they were just gearing up to start this original pro- Vimeo original programming right. uh, thing and asked us if we had any interest in being their first mm-hmm. and of course it it was great because it just coincided with that script deal ending and us being mm-hmm. like god wouldn't it just be cool if we just keep doing it the way we always did it actually but just not having to pay for it out of our own pocket and being able to offer people like just a, a token to show up on set sure. for their work and some sort of honorarium yeah they call them. <laughs> yeah and then also just to have the infrastructure of marketing and promotion and all that sort of thing that was int- intriguing to us the other thing we should say is those episodes were always intended to go behind a paywall mm-hmm. which was in, a new thing mm-hmm. for us and it felt very experimental like i think we were all very curious it was to see how that was going to work out. In the sky, like what a seamless like, we- <laughs> exchange for content to the audience, and right. what it, and it's just like take out all the middlemen and just you know it's it was right. a very pie in the sky, ambitious ideal of viewing content. Well, and again on the internet, I think Louis had done it at that point too. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we were like, I mean, obviously you can't. Com- he's giant. We can't compare ourselves, but. He did it, and mm-hmm. we were like, oh, that's a thing. You can do that. We can release directly to our audience. And I don't think we ever anticipated on making any profit. We, and, oh, we, sure. didn't. we didn't it's really. Nice to be able to pay for the product, <laughs> yeah. to pay for the yeah. project. And still keep the rights to your, mm-hmm. all of the intellectual rights uh, to your work. That sure. was pretty awesome. Was that something that had come up? That's their deal that they make. But I mean, like in exploring other avenues, or were other avenues ever explored? I mean, not really. Okay. We always we always felt very, because our work is just really personal to us, and because it's such a tight, small little unit of people working on it, I think we were always maybe more, we were more protective than most about this mm-hmm. property. So... Our, and I think that I our mean, cool ass so lawyer glad. made sure that we kept our property the whole time, sure. and that's why it was great that when the Vimeo uh, exclusivity window was winding, you know, went out, expired, and again, that was just like we kept having this luck of like mm-hmm. the next level sort of presenting itself that we hadn't even necessarily 
considered. Like we hadn't, I don't think we were really actively thinking about taking it to. But we were prepared to. We were prepared, but we were, it was not a, uh, distinct goal that were we had. You, were you sitting down at the end of each of these phases saying, what is next? No, Not really. no it would come to us. Yeah, it would. <laughs> yeah. We've been very fortunate right. that way. Yeah, so when that wound down, then yeah, HBO came around and they were like, cool, episodes, okay, do you want to like make some more and maybe put them on HBO and Oh my God! How can you say no to that? We watch like we almost exclusively watch Six HBO. Basically yeah, inspired us to That's do really this, funny. so it was just yeah, yeah. So that was cool. Did in each of the phases, you know, they're becoming at least the releases becoming different, right? Did it change the creative side? We try. So the big focus of this year was to try to. Uh, maintain what we had been making, like the tone, as much as possible, while also recognizing that we have changed in these years, and and we can't stop change from happening. <laughs> except we can control the environment as much as we can by limiting the creative contributions to Katya and I for mm-hmm. all writing, all directing, yeah. and and at more than half of the editing process. Uh, so it, it, if if people don't like it, it's not because HBO touched it. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's on us. they don't they, they don't like what happened to us over these past four years. <laughs> and well, how do you think you guys have changed as people? Because that's that's what fuels the, yeah. Yeah. the project. Yeah, interesting to right? think about. I, I mean, we're we we are we are holding on to this product very tightly. Like we are very. Uh, it's like our kid, you know. It's Absolutely. not a, really possessive. Yeah, of we're it very and possessive of it. About and we're it. really we became like last year. We were real workaholics in a in a, I would say an unhealthy way. Probably. Really? Yeah, yeah. It became a much bigger deal, and I think defining that sense of play sometime was more of a uh, more of a struggle than mm-hmm. it had been when it wasn't uh, such a big deal, but. What we learned is so basically towards the end of like a really uphill post process, we were like, walk away, just get the fuck out of here, <laughs> go go do something else, go learn what it is to have other interests and, and be. Yeah, we got really sure. myopic at a certain point That's there, and we felt and we felt it happening, and it and we were like, this isn't good, this isn't good, this isn't good, we gotta yeah. do something. Uh. So we took a vacation. And that was so good. and I so <laughs> we so I think by just. You know, there's fast, cheap, and good. Pick two, and we tend to pick uh, cheap and and good. So, mm-hmm. uh, take a long time. To we get do it done. take a long time to get it done. And I would say, so these six episodes that are coming out, they contain eleven short stories mm-hmm. that we that we yeah, would these HBO formally release as episodes. Mm-hmm. And I say it would probably take about a month from head to tail to. Cr- if you broke it all up, mm-hmm. if we would be writing, producing, and editing a short story every month, which when you break it down wow. is pretty good. That feels, <laughs> so, yeah, that, I'm like, oh, that sounds so much better. I feel like, wow. Yeah. But that's yeah. also not a TV schedule. Yeah. No way. It's, it's not, not a TV schedule. But it's and not TV, it's HBO. That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. But they feel like a collection of short films, and mm-hmm. what we were reminded of is these are all pilots, essentially. Hmm. Like in a way. Every episode, way. you have to establish, you're dropped into an environment, you have to f- orient the viewer as to who they're dealing with, what their story is, and bring them on a journey. And it's, it, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, like, 
uh, it was very hard to switch from short story to short story. Uh, At at certain days in post, we would be dealing with, like, like, answering questions about ten different short stories at the same time. Yeah, it's because there's no, like, cast that follows you through each episode. So, yeah, it was a bit of a juggling act mentally there. But and that but that was because when we used to do this in the past, we would focus on one short story, finish it, and then right. do then, the next one, then start over from the beginning. And we had to shoot all of these like an independent film, seven week shoot, yeah. and then take a go to Thanksgiving, come back and get to work. Wow, it was intense, man. Yeah. But that's like the I mean, it's like the normal way people do it, except I think on an episodic show, there's more like there would be a writers' room. room. There would be a writers' room, and there would be there's different directors. Moments. Yeah, there would be and directors, directors to like yeah. supervise yeah. editing, and Absolutely. so we really had to show up for every little piece of this, and that so, was not something we'd done before. We, in that in that concentrated of a way, but we accomplished our goal. We did. Was, that was my question. We which did. was did you to keep it from us, and we finished well, which was our other goal. Once the goal of being happy while doing it was all fucked up. <laughs> yeah. and then the goal was like, we'll finish well. And then we'll and then we did. We but we had to walk away. Was there joy in that process though? Yeah. Oh all, so much all joy. Sorts before of joy. the vacation? Yes, there is. There was. It just it just I, I can't really it was a lack of sleep. Sure. That sure. was huge. It's work. And we're not good at taking work. care of ourselves probably. <laughs> but it was fun because ultimately we still like we took a lot of our friends with mm-hmm. us, people who had been on the show when we no were one was recast. Yeah, we didn't That's have good. to, like, recast anybody. Yeah. And, like, crew-wise, m- most people sort of made it through to the other side. A lot of people got into the union who oh, weren't great. previously in the union. So that felt good. We were still working with our friends, you know, like our little inner circle of producers and people who, like, work in the office. Like, a lot, we're, we're friends. Like, mm-hmm. we hang out. Like, we're yeah. friends. So we're working with our friends. And a lot of the actors are our friends. Some of them are our family members, in fact, mm-hmm. you know. So it's still, we had the, the personal satisfaction of being able to stay in our like in in, the, in a comfort zone still even though we were like struggling yeah but and even so like gosh i, I can I'll, I'll say that we really didn't have to deal with the things that most showrunners writers directors in the industry have to deal with like like a barrage of notes like i won't say the number but we got very we got very very, few very few well notes. here hbo is They're yeah like exactly and you've heard right i mean we heard it too and we were like well we'll <laughs> see i can't imagine doing all this work and then getting somebody's note back that basically undermines all the work that you've been doing i can't imagine what that must feel like and the frustration attached to that and we avoided a lot of that frustration which yeah, i think would have probably cut our legs out from under <laughs> us if, we, if we're hiking sure. that mountain uh, <laughs> at least at that point I, want, I, I think we, as it, as the process went on with HBO and we t- continued to develop our relationship with them, I think more and more we're welcoming of, like, yeah. what do you, what do guys, you guys think? What do you want? Is this any good? Like, what yeah. else? And Because they're, you, you see, I mean, you already know they're good, but then working with them, you see how good. Hmm. And, well, yeah, sprinkle a little of that on us. Like, <laughs> we'll take it. Well, it sounds like you found, in the way you did from the very beginning, the right collaborators. And that, that's yeah. what HBO is, It's been too. everything. The, having the right collaborators is everything. Um, what is the, on, on this HBO series, on these episodes, what did the writing process look like for you guys? Was it different than it had been before? Yeah. It was all at the same time. Yeah. That's, and that's a lot of, because of that, a lot of things meant for one character would show up in another character's story. Mm. And it was basically, we, you and I, we really were just constantly filling up like what would amount to like a swimming pool full of ideas. <laughs> and then every day we would just like try to pick, 
a lot of note cards. There was like a shitload of note cards. There was not a lot of writing dialogue until like the very last, the last possible thing, yeah. time that we have to do it. Uh, and the order of things we never had released in an order that we had to consider <laughs> in like a six episode thing. So we had to figure out and the order of things switched all the way up through the post process up until we released. That's like, interesting. Yeah, like yeah. there's even because like we said, there's short stories that are sort of self-contained within these half hour blocks. Right. And some of those short stories were in different scripts before. Okay. So even that, that was and but how cool again that because it's just the two of us that are the writers and so we there just weren't there was not any politics to navigate mm-hmm. around any of that mm-hmm. it was just like oh you know what now that we've seen what this looks like this would actually be better paired with this one so we'll just move that into that episode switch it all around and it was like that's it ain't great. no thing and that's because it was <laughs> so small because the the group was so small yeah. was, was there uh, let me let me just ask one more HBO question yeah. but I, I want to dig in a little deeper on the writing stuff but. Was there a development process, or did they say we want to put what you? No, doing? we didn't develop. It was we're, really interesting. Yeah, I mean, because there was already a body. There was sure. nineteen episodes, and that was again. I don't. I correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think they've done something like that before. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a. First, we were all feeling out what mm-hmm. this feels like. But no, there was not a development process. They really like they said the first time we came in and sat down after they had, you know bought it or extended the deal to us they said please keep it as much the same as possible we don't want to be the ones who we don't want to be the ones who ruined high maintenance because <laughs> the they know how hear. yeah they know how our our core group of fans feels about us sure. so they were just like please keep it as much the same as possible yeah. but ben you had mentioned there was some maybe not concern but at least talk about scaling up yeah well a uh, concern that we wouldn't be able to discipline ourselves in terms of what was available to us now and what we needed. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, like if we had like a trailer or more than one truck, we would have not have been able to pull this off because of location fees and sure. and shutting down this street or that street. And it was like, all right, we have money now, so let's first of all. It's not like a, an amount of money that makes it easier. In fact, when you're in a mid, a mid-level bracket, it's actually harder to figure out what to do with that money because things people, cost what they yeah, normally people cost. People aren't taking pity time. on you and giving you a favor, but yeah. but yeah, but <laughs> you it don't have the totally money to pay like full price. But it was recognizing that when we're at our best, we are small and quiet and and intimate, <laughs> and it and was nimble. trying to maintain that yeah that nimble quality of being able to go in to a place, not disturb it with our presence, shoot what we need and get out and be nice to everybody the whole time. And and know everyone's name and have interacted with every person on the set and, and had this experience where everyone really felt like, oh, I was part of making this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's a lot easier to achieve when there's seven people in yeah. a room versus And everybody's there because they want to be and because they're doing yeah. us a favor. In the past, we used to ask people a favor of coming and working with us. Now they were being paid to be there and they had to prove to us that they were doing their job. So maybe we'll hire them next time. Yeah, and that is different. a different kind of energy that Absolutely. is coming on the set. Absolutely. So we really tried to uh, adopt all of our new union stepchildren into like the family <laughs> and just let Make them know like, you know, this is also a place that is really fun to hang out at. This isn't just like right. waiting for your lunch break. Yeah, uh, we have a, there was a lot great. of hugging on our set, hair braiding, 
Like, honestly, it sounds... Well, no wonder it took so long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so back to the writing process. When you guys sit down to sort of break stories for these six episodes, mm-hmm. um, what do you come in with? I mean, you, you've got the stories yeah. you've told, which, like, those must be the rawest, right? That's, I got the story, let's do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're coming into the next phase of it, the next... What did you say? A nineteen before mm-hmm. uh, yeah. HBO. So you're coming into like the, sort of the third phase, mm-hmm. um, where you know how the stories are told. Mm-hmm. So now it's about subjects. Now it's about yeah. characters. So mm-hmm. so where does that start for you guys? I think we collect personalities and people, or and we collect situations mm-hmm. separately. We're d- and we're doing that. All, all the year time, round. Just, like just in our notes happens. section of our iPhones. Oh, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Give Write me it down. down. Um, um, looks like the last like, one. W- uh, like we were. It's uh, there's a lot of them when we're hanging out with our parents. But like, <laughs> yeah, that's but like one of the my mom, like ones. my mom, accidentally swallowed her hearing aid once. And I'm like, there you go. Yeah, and then we're like, tell us everything about that. <laughs> yeah, tell us everything, you know? Stuff like that. Uh, yeah. And. Or specifically, I think, and this has been a cool thing for us personally, anytime we've come up against some New York City obstacle, like, you know, and there are many in your day to day. Uh, I think in the past we would get really worked up and upset and then maybe carry it around with us for a while. Whereas now, even just like in personal dramas, like anytime we have like a really awful fight, even those things, like we are now, because we've dedicated so much of our time to this process and this project, now it's like anything's up for grabs and it almost like buffers the negativity of a lot of the, you know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we'll have a fight and it'll be really awful and then we'll make up and then we'll be like, okay, but you know what? There's some really good things in there that we should write down and this could be a fight somebody has. And it honestly, it's like a weird therapy. Sure. Yeah, it feels I like mean, nothing's in vain. Nothing's in vain. Nothing. You're using all parts. You're using self-expression. It all. And that is, I think the difference between this and a show that has a staff, uh, sure. whatever. It's not, it's not for money. It's for therapy and self-expression. <laughs> and, and really a like, a lot of these characters are just you and I emoting through someone else's mm-hmm. skin. Well, uh, that's, I mean, I feel like that's what, we're that's what we're all <laughs> doing. Yeah. It's writing. But I, I think also we are kind of like snapshotting, mm-hmm. be it literally or just mentally or just writing it on paper, um, just things that make an impression on us around the city, even if it's just like a visual. Like, yeah. look at this crazy person on the train. Like, uh, we need to feature someone that looks like that at some point, like sneak a picture, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. We're just constantly collecting it. And then when it comes time to sit down, which, by the way, is, like, the worst for us. Yeah, we're not we're good really at sitting. At like, I was curious we need to, that. like, and we've learned, for, finally. It, it takes so it takes much. takes so long to <laughs> rally us. But I think when we're strategic about it and we incorporate, like, let's, we're going to go for walks mm-hmm. and we're going to and come up with, like, Movement a, yeah, we, we have to, like, move while we talk yeah. about it. And that's kind of I, I part of it. I hear that a lot. That's, mm-hmm. not, that's not unusual. By no, I don't think so. I think you have to have that momentum like physically sometimes to unstick the mm-hmm. ideas well and especially i mean those first few days even if you know mm-hmm. this show inside and out yeah. and out it's so hard yeah um, it is so i so taking walks is a good example but how do you guys get through like what do the conversations look like in those early stages how do you how do you work together is what i'm really curious <laughs> yeah about. Oh, I, I work with a partner and yeah. we've been working together for 15 years and 
it's still never easy. Well, no, it not. gets actually harder, unfortunately, because you start predicting what can go wrong based on <laughs> a tone or something that you've heard in the past, maybe, that has we led baggage. to baggage. Yeah, yeah, there's all this baggage, and that's hard to unpack in order to get to work. And truthfully, sometimes I don't want to sit down to work because I'm afraid that we'll fight or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And that is one of the reasons why I put it off, because I'm like, this is this could be hard. Yeah, we're yeah. learning we're learning new ways to work every week mm-hmm. and we're also we're always asking our writer friends like what do you do cuz and a lot of them are in a writing partnership mm-hmm. and i think um oh like Lucia An- Anello and Paul Downs mm-hmm. uh, who write on Broad City mm-hmm. like i remember we asked them about their process and they told us something about like pitching in the dark to each yeah. other and we were like what? that is so good because <laughs> so they're a couple too That's I think hilarious. when you're a, a romantic couple oh, I can't imagine. it is a whole other layer because you know every little tick and like you raise your eyebrow what does that mean you hated it and fuck you and like no I uh, it was just like I had an itch or it's like it, it's sometimes it's really great to just in the dark do it or now we're sort of putting stuff in writing Sending it hmm. to each other, reading it apart, having time to consider it so we don't have to hear each other's first reactions and have time really to smart. process, like probably a lot of other writing <laughs> partners do who don't live together. Yeah. And then uh, that's been helpful too. That's really smart. Yeah, just like someone will start to tell the other person something and they'll be like, write it down. Just like, don't tell mm-hmm. me right yeah. now, write it down. And well, then, there's yeah. good for that for both people. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You have to sort of synthesize your ideas yeah. and put them down in a meaningful way. It does way. everyone a favor. And the other person has that remove mm-hmm. so they can make all the faces they want. Yeah, yeah, but also you don't always know. Sometimes an idea is just coming to you and if you're not, you haven't thought it through, like you, you can shoot yourself in the foot sometimes. Like yeah. it. Yeah. It's better to just take the time. Is it easier or harder, or maybe neither, uh, to be more honest because you are partners as well as partners? We're not very good at lying to one another. No, I would we've say. never been good at it. Yeah, I can <laughs> really. A blessing and a I curse. can really. T- I I can't tell because that's. Uh, that would be like like sometimes I'm just predicting something that's not about to happen happening and then that makes it happen so (laughs) there's a consciousness about that but like you and I aren't we're honest to a fault I would say we're so honest with each other both romantically and as a writing couple that I wouldn't I would never prescribe our methods to anyone else because it's like we we are now learning like you don't need to say everything no you don't you don't if you sometimes just like wait five minutes like something else happens so it's like that's a concept thing because we are so intimate with one another that I really feel like I can tell her anything and I feel like I know what she's thinking but that's not the case that's not true yeah and that's some that is really a recent aha moment for us <laughs> yeah and and just us actually saying we're not working right now like, yeah there's a lot more of that now like oh wait you know what would be really good just write it down. Yeah, like, yeah. we're about to go see a movie. Like, we're going to dinner. Like, no, we're about to go to sleep is the big or one. Or we're about to go to sleep <laughs> is the big one. We have to really stop ourselves from talking about it then. Does one of you bring it up before going to sleep more than the other? You bring it up before going to sleep I all the time. It. It's insane. It. <laughs> it's totally insane. <laughs> yeah. I Other do. financial decisions, too. That one's, yep. that one's awesome. Yep. No, it's, it, it's good for me, too, to be stopped on that one. <laughs> Give myself a good night's sleep. Exactly. Yeah. Come to it fresh in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a stoner. I might forget. That's the problem. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. You guys do have that other hurdle. Yeah. 
Not a hurdle, man. I have the best <laughs> memory. I have, you do really, have a really I, good memory. It's like frighteningly good. It's like another reason I don't take crazy notes is a. I ne- ever since a kid, I never used to reread my notes. I would just write them down, and mm-hmm. that would be enough to remember them. Yeah. So like we're really different in how we absorb information. Like you're very like literal, and you can see the words like when you're re- like when you're thinking about yeah, them. I, I feel like you memorizing see them. Lines or and I feel like everything for me is some weird Monet like impressionistic watercolor. I, like that's how everything makes its impression on me. I'm yep. serious. It's like mine is a little more like whoa, amorphous, yeah. <laughs> and yours are very like defined. Mm-hmm. Things just make like emotional impressions on. I me see. Or, I see work in shapes. Like mm-hmm. I see it feel, fitting together like a puzzle piece. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the structure of a story. Mm-hmm. Like it all. I don't know how to explain. It's it very sounding, male and female. Without sounding stoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know that it is though. I mean, well, what you're describing sounds very familiar to oh, okay. the way I work. Cool. And, and this sounds very much like my partner. All right. Well, there so you it go. feels like it's the compliment. You need that the is both. Necessary. I think. Did you read that book? Uh, what is called Powers of Powers two? of Two by no. Jacob Wolf. His name has a wolf in it. <laughs> wolf. Look that wolf up later. Stunned. But honestly, for anyone who's in a, a partnership of any, you know, not even just creative partnerships, I don't think. Just anyone working in a partnership, there is a book that I actually found very useful, and I think Mm -hmm. you did too, um, that really breaks down creative partnerships and the different roles that people have in them, and Mm -hmm. there's like four different, you know, this... Archetypes. Yeah, this author breaks it down into these four pairings of archetypes, and it's really interesting stuff because you do see how you do need... you, You can't have two people who have the same toolbox or the same temperament even I don't mm-hmm. think. I think it's really... Except for Andrew and Andrew. Joshua yeah. <laughs> Wolf Shank. Joshua Wolf Shank. Powers of Two. I Let's really it recommend it. Nice. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you guys have a shared sensibility from the oh, beginning sure. though. And I think that's that's an important piece of that puzzle. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. we, do, we do but it comes from a push-pull that we have. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think. He, ben wants... He's like it's more going towards the big and pushing the limits as much as possible and thinking of like what's the craziest biggest thing that we could do or the most exciting or the most I don't know I think you have more it's huge it's the huge. hugest thing. yeah <laughs> <laughs> he, he trumps it no he he has the more uh I think he feels like more things are possible hmm. maybe or you just I would say you're less scared. If we work it mm-hmm. in terms of light, I'm light in your shadow. Yeah, and then I come in and I'm kind of like, nice this is too yeah. much, and you don't need this, and what about this, mm-hmm. and this has a hole, and mm, are we really going to be able to do this, and what if it was like that? Like I, I don't know. You, I definitely am more of the restrainer, and you're the one pulling that way, and somehow we're both like going like, <laughs> you know, working our way to the middle of the rope, and then we end up in the middle, and it works. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. In a practical way, how does that, what does a breaking story look like? Do you guys almost different take notes? every time? Do you put it on the board? What? How does it? What is it? Uh, it's only starting to get like? consistent. We used to. <laughs> we were doing. So we had a rubric that had uh, character introduction, then <laughs> character development, then situation introduction, then calling for weed, and then where's the guy, and then the weed delivery, and then the climax, and then the button, and, and then that we was, out, and then that's that was it. So we had those categories that I just mentioned and. And then we would have the episode characters on mm-hmm. the y-axis, and then we would kind of write a note card with whatever happened for that. And that was, and that's kind of what I'm most comfortable with. We still do term, that, yeah. 
but then we deviate from it because but, now we have but the formula. Yeah, the like, yeah, that gives you the freedom. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. But if all but all those things have to be present, we just might switch up the order of how they happen now. But it it, it really is like uh, we daydream a lot. You, you know, I sometimes think to myself, like God, how many how many hours? Not hours. How yeah? How many hours during the day am I just sitting there looking out the wall? <laughs> a lot, or just probably. sitting there looking out something. And I and we used to classify those as wasted we wasted opportunities or whatever. But that is really necessary yeah. to for us. for us. We are dreamers in that way, and a lot of our reflection is part of what makes us so successful in this. Is because we we. We're stoned, and and uh, I think people expect. Yeah, that. say loud and proud, but, but, but it's just like it causes us to just slow down and be playful with our thoughts and and expansive. I think expansive. I, yeah, I use marijuana a lot to self medicate. It's not just so that I can like feel trippy or something. I don't feel trippy. I'm doing it because my adrenaline is like shooting through the roof and I need to bring it down and stop worrying and get out of my own way and let my thoughts go to that expansive place that they need to go to create some stories uh, you know, hey, we're both tops. We were just saying that we're both, <laughs> we're both tops in that way. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Um so that's how we and use Russell's it. Russell's a top, too. The yeah. three of us are all tops. How <laughs> do you get anything done? Yeah. Uh, um, it's a struggle sometimes. So so the, the story, so you have this rubric, you sort of fix on a story in that way. Um, what's next? I mean, again, you, it's you, finding the person that we want to work yeah, with. Yeah, and sometimes I, I'll have to—I have to say—sometimes it starts with the actor. Yeah. There were plenty of episodes, particularly in the beginning, when we didn't have a bunch of ideas locked and loaded. It was really just sort of taking things as they came. So, you know, we would be thinking about an actor and what they do really well, and we liked them, and we're like, let's—it would be fun to hang out with them for a day and have them do the thing that they do best, and let's write them apart. And, like, you know, that came just organically from Russell's roster, as we mentioned earlier, actor friends that we had. The first actor we worked with in the series was our sister-in-law, you know? So it was, like, really keeping it close to home. And And then I think we do, after that, we do the place. mm -hmm. And based on what's available to us, we go back to the script Mm -hmm. and see how we can, based on what's available to us, change the script to make it all look... believable and plausible because if we get like we only have access to like a shitty library then we're not going to have them go to you know a nice library we'll have them go to a <laughs> shitty library and that might change the story <laughs> yeah at this point have you scripted or is it still looking like an outline? it's a script no, it's, always, it's a script i mean okay. it's a full-on script but there's like a lot of like there's a lot of action that says like this or some shit right and it really does it's still the, the loosest version yeah 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 uh, it's like some it, more than others yeah like mm-hmm. instructions on how we're gonna all put the, the, the reason it because it, I really get frustrated with scripts I'm just like just show up we'll do it. like it'll work it'll work out it really will and I heard Buster Keaton used to do this too. oh yeah we got really yeah. excited when we show were me the location yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly and and that's really how we prefer except people really like those scripts and we noticed that when we did the HBO episodes oh, people God. really took those scripts so seriously it was a, and it was, was like a, dude that was a no. tough that was yeah. maybe one of our tougher uh, tr- not tough it wasn't tough but if I have to think about what was different, it was that in the past we would write these scripts, and yes, there was dialogue, and it was all filled out, but 
there was an implicit understanding from the get that we were going to get on set and these things will probably change. But once we got all these crew, you know, department heads and crew people who are getting paid and have wanted to perform well in their job and and know what the know one kind of way of doing things, which is like the normal TV production method. They would get our scripts, and it would, it would. In the beginning, it made us a little crazy, like because they would be like, "Well, what about, what about when they go to this location or whatever?" And they would be really specific about it. And we're still trying to get that. And we'd be like, "Guys, guys, it doesn't have to be that restaurant. It could be any restaurant like that." Show you know, us some cool restaurants. Yeah. yeah, just. I mean, that's maybe not the best example, but they really were. We were noticing, like, oh shit, now everything we write down is being taken for the. It's the gospel. Sure. And well, they're for, used to that script being, of course, a, a work done. And that's. Right. I mean, I think there might be chaos if people didn't do it that way. <laughs> Obviously, but that so was So how did tough. you guys learn to either manage that or change your behavior? Just human interaction and just being like, hey, when we say this, we mean like around this, mm-hmm. you know. But also we did have to get get more specific about saying when we weren't being specific. Right. Do you know what I mean? We sure. just had to be better communicators, and that's just a good lesson to learn anyway. Yeah, I think we're some shit after the word... After the we, descriptor should mean that showed people right. that it's it was like, yeah, or something that you come up with, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very interesting. Have you guys written, or do you wish to write or create other things? Yes. Uh-huh, yeah. So what's going on? <laughs> we have one that's kind of a personal feeling story. Uh, that we are hoping once we find out what's going on with high maintenance that we will be able to fit in our schedule at a later date. And that would, and it's something that would not be... Um, like, we're interested in following some characters consistently yeah. more than just one guy. That's like, what I'm curious about. Yeah, yeah, like, we definitely... You know, we have some some ideas for things that are maybe a little bit more traditional in that they are more serialized and... Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we have a few... Like, a couple of ideas for shows, a couple of feature ideas... Are documentary you, ideas like we have all kind of, kinds of ideas it's just you know there's only so many months in the year and we're in that exciting moment right now where we're just waiting to see like what's our next year gonna look like i'd okay. say we feel more like filmmakers than scriptwriters, so it's hard for us to imagine just like writing a script for hire and then being like well no that, yeah that doesn't feel i mean because we sure do we have could, ideas of how it's shot while we're writing it sure. yeah we can't separate the production from the pro- from the writing process it's just how we came up so mm-hmm. now that's how we think of things which is good sometimes but i for me i'll just speak for myself i know that it limits me sometimes in my imagination because i'll just my producer mm-hmm. brain is turned on and i want to say write something but i'm like oh, i just we're never going to be able to do that like i why i can't even write it and that's where it's good. I've got that because he'll just be like, "Just stop, just write, just who can figure it out later." Right. Yeah, I'm good it. at throwing up just crap. I'm good at just being like, "Or this, or this, or that, or that." Mm-hmm. You know, which is, I mean, again, these are both valuable yeah, tools. Yeah. As you need creators. them both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you being invited now to go and have meetings and pitch things and all of that? We yeah. have. For, I mean, look, we've been doing that for the last few years. Mm-hmm. We've pitched something almost every year to varying degrees of success, <laughs> and. Uh, and yeah, we've we I'm not maybe not as much as other people do, but that's because I think those other people don't do ten jobs on their project, sure. so they can do their part and move on, and we just can't really move on the way that they can. Yeah, we're a little bit too controlling of yep. of the outcome, <laughs> but I, I am I am we're so thirsty it. for the information of how to manage several product projects at the mm. same time. I was listening to the. 
the Nerdist podcast with Seth Rogen talking about Sausage Party last night, and then I heard about like Jill Soloway's new thing coming out and all the projects she's got yeah. going, and I'm like, how the fuck does that work? I mean, people can do it. They yeah. can't. I mean, then to be fair, these people you're naming have been doing it like way longer than we have, so I think they probably picked up some. They, they just have bigger posses, you yeah. know, like they just, they do, they like roll with, they're like both of those people you mentioned, like have developed a bunch of talent with, yeah. under their umbrella. And so I think, and they have had to lessen their death grip on every single detail of mm-hmm. the process and that's how you do it. But yeah. we're, we're like in the baby phases and, mm-hmm. but th- like, but we are ambitious. I think that's something we have recently come to find out. We I don't think we felt like we were super ambitious before. Maybe we weren't because we were just doing it for fun. But I think as we've continued to go along, we're like, I love this industry. Like, we want to keep working in this industry. We want to keep making films. And so now I think we are thinking big picture, like what you ju- what Ben just described sounds like that's the where we want to be when mm-hmm. we quote-unquote grow up. Sure. Does it feel like with high maintenance, where does it feel like you are in the storytelling of that. Does it feel like you've been doing it forever? and Or does it feel like you're just starting and have a million more yes. stories to tell? Or is it both? I think it could. Changes by the day. I, yeah. I, I, would, I would really hope for this series that it, it not too much pressure is put on it and then it flies under the radar, but is a, a solid... A, has a solid place at HBO that is just a quiet corner of HBO that we can just continue mm. to do our work uninterrupted. And and keep doing that. I in time slot and kind of that corner I'm describing. Kids in the Hall is also a similar mm. HBO show that they kind of was in Canada and Toronto, and they just kind of did their own thing. And then it was on in the late at night, and it had a cult following. And I hope to maintain that feeling. Mm. It would be uncomfortable for me to be in like the like, vinyl position or, 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 or like sure. or the, even the girls category yeah. is just like oh my god that's so intimidating to it is it's i'll just be honest i think that sounds incredibly intimidating and not really what we're looking for it's, i think now our ambition is really just to keep working like to keep making a living mm-hmm. as filmmakers mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. tv makers or sure. whatever yeah. storytellers that's i was that's why i asked you guys about pitching like i wondered how Naturally, that came to. I think we're probably bad at pitching, making the thing and selling the thing. Yeah, right? I think. Well, we had another series that no one bought. Uh, Should have bought it. Uh, <laughs> hey, we it, might resurrect it. Uh, but you know, I think we're pretty long-winded and whatever. Yeah, rambling. I, you know, it, it's such your brand, guys. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> we're shaggy. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty shaggy, and and. Uh, an uh, agent once told us, and I thought it was a very good advice, that this is a business of personality, so you can't be afraid to develop that. And I think we're pretty good at coming in and acting and like ourselves. ourselves. Yeah, that was the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. But man, we talked about this the other day too. Just like with the pitching, that moment where you have to transition from the small talk of like, <laughs> "Yeah, I just came back from Hawaii, and oh, uh-huh. it was a great trip, and my in-laws are here, and this and that," and then you're like, "And so we wrote this show." Like you have to like find that weird yeah. point so to much like stick it too. in. Oh yeah, so much water and peeing on the pitch <laughs> circuit. True. You're very hydrated Listen, in that week. Is, uh, exactly, and this does not come up very often. 
often on this podcast, but take the water. Take it. But every use time. the bathroom before you leave. Yes. Oh, God. You know, <laughs> and before, maybe, too. And but probably like, before. Going with your pitching partner into the, like that moment you go out of the room <laughs> and you don't say anything until you get down to the parking oh, garage. Yeah, so you sure. even go into the bathroom and you piss in silence and you, <laughs> yeah. maybe you murmur, like, I thought it was okay. Yeah. And, then, and then you leave, then you go down the hall and you're in the elevator and the door closes and you're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Yes. Make You're familiar, show, right? <laughs> Absolutely familiar. That is hilarious. Um, what have you watched on television lately? What have you watched in Night the world? Night of is so good. Night of is really great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, catastrophe. Catastrophe is great. We love Catastrophe. I loved Love on Netflix. I loved it. I, I haven't it. watched it yet. It's a bit of a love letter to L.A., first of all, which I, I just think it really captures... Eastsiders in LA mm-hmm. in a way that hasn't necessarily previously been captured in the same way. Mm-hmm. I like that. I love the cast. I love Gillian Jacobs and Paul Rust. I think they're great in their supporting cast is great. I think they're restrained and grounded, but they still are playful and it just it feels authentic. I feel like it's really relatable. It's really funny. It's just really quality acting. Well right. directed. I mean, I don't know. It's just like it's an A plus show. It's, it's good. All right, I'm in. It's worth. It. <laughs> Give it a try. Yeah. It's good. What else are we watching? We watch a lot of documentaries. More. We don't watch the, a lot uh, of TV. We <laughs> saw a trailer today for a documentary on tickling, a tickling fetish. Yes. Have you seen this doc- trailer I, or the documentary? The documentary is out. I yeah. know people have been talking about it for a while. I can't wait for insane. that. <laughs> it's crazy. Have you seen it? What else are we watching? What other documentaries that you saw? Anything particularly inspiring? Uh, I think We're Alone Now is a good documentary from like 2011 or 2010 about these two fans of the pop star Tiffany. One of them is a trans woman and one of them is an autistic or Asperger. uh, And they're both fanatics separately. And then the filmmaker brings them together to this Tiffany thing. And it's real strange. And that's That's a good one. That's an oldie but goodie. Uh, Have you seen any lately? I'm just, whenever I get put on the spot, I'm just like flatline. It's so sad. Um, you've, you've given me, you've given us lots of okay, good stuff. Okay, cool. These are all called Cat Dancers is a great documentary about these in the in the era of Siegfried and Roy's fame. There was like a whole community of these cat dancer types, uh, these exotic cat artists, and this is a group. Uh, this is a, a couple and their uh, their assistant in Florida who has a cat ranch. And they are awesome. An Honor Slyer is another good documentary about the amazing Randy. You're like literally saying everything on that list. Well, that's why. <laughs> yeah, we, we just made a top five. We just five made a of, top five list of so documentaries. Great. But they're but all good. We, we like documentaries, it seems like, with uh, outliers that has a twist at the end. Mm-hmm. So, so, like, we'll watch, like, uh, you know... Uh, uh, a political documentary or whatever, but what we really like is a human interest, like that mm-hmm. Errol Morris tabloid documentary mm-hmm. was really great, something like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. What What do you think? What's the common area between that and your show? Oh, outliers ne- mm-hmm. and yeah, like niche groups, like things that in New York seem like a normal lifestyle but once you get or in LA like when you're in a major urban city things that seem normal but once you get outside of those cities the beha- you know people see some of the behavior as deviant or weird or just unusual we normalize that behavior and yeah we're as just trying to normalize can. it but also like uh oh fuck what was i going to say oh 
I think that we really hate documentaries where the documentarian is in the documentary. Yes. We do. We really get turned off. Sorry, no offense to any friends of ours. Sorry, Morgan Spurlock. <laughs> yeah. You're a cool Sorry, guy. Michael Moore. But, but I, we do find that we enjoy when the, when the documentary is treated more like a feature and, mm-hmm. and t- you know, take, when the filmmaker sort of takes their voice out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what really, and I think that actually is what happened to our show because yeah, you were like, "Don't is. make Ben the the center of mm-hmm. the thing." Well, it's just there was just it felt limiting. Like, what were we going to do? Explore what delivering weed looked like, and sure. then what? I don't know. It just seemed like at a certain point, like we'd still be able to get those things across in more interesting ways than yeah. just focusing on a, a weed delivery service. And that's been done. And get, and there's a whole bunch of shows in development. It seems like from what we're reading that are pot-centric, mm-hmm. and it seems, I don't know because I haven't seen any of them or read They're the scripts, the but they all seem about the pot or the business of selling it, or they take place like in dispensaries and things like that, so it just looks like they're going to be very... Workplace comedy. Yeah, sure. or like, you know, That's the business of weed-centric, you know? and I don't give a shit about the business of weed. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, we're not, yeah, that's not why we're not doing it. About. No. The most interesting thing to me is when somebody says something and they mean something else. That's like the, that, that's just like, that's what real life looks like to me. It's like people Liars. not, yeah, just people <laughs> no. not well, knowing how to express writing. themselves <laughs> yeah. the way that they would like to and then making, creating actions based on what they really want, but feeling the frustration of not being able to get it themselves. That's like the most exciting thing mm-hmm. to me. And pot is exciting in another way. But, <laughs> but not as a subject. But only yeah. as a way to talk about those moments. Yeah. 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 That's, that's really interesting. Anyway, thank you guys for being here. Thank you uh, for inviting us. September 16th, us. HBO. Yeah. And the old episodes are all still on Vimeo. They'll be on HBO Go oh, that's great. They Labor are Day no, weekend. Yeah, they're no longer online, oh, okay. but they will be, but just not on Vimeo. So they'll be on HBO Go. Correct. So people mm-hmm. can and watch Our whole library will be up awesome. there. Yeah. That's great. Congrats. Yeah, yeah, thank thanks you. Thanks for being here. Thank yeah, you for having us, Yeah, wonderful. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 